Today, our Central Division Frenemy Series continues with a look at the Minnesota Wild. Will that Minnesota Cup window be cracked open this year? Plus, on the heels of the Predators racking up a lot of dead cap this offseason, do the Wild regret buying out Ryan Suter and Zach Parise a couple of years ago? We'll dive into that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked on Predators and Locked on Wild. Thank you for making each of our shows your first listens of the day. Both Locked on Preds and Locked on Wild are your free daily hockey podcast available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan from Locked On Predators. I am joined by my big boy to my Andre 3000, Seth Tupal from Locked On Wild. Seth, welcome, my friend. Good to be here and good to be that much closer to the start of the regular season where we can finally see all these central division opponents start butting heads and try to figure out who is going to hoist the Stanley cup this season and who is going to try to one up the last year's team in terms of celebrating with it. Yeah. Uh, first predators preseason game, a uh, two weeks from today, uh, or I'm sorry, 12 days from today. So, yeah, we're, we're right there in terms of actual hockey. And it seems like it's going to be kind of an interesting preseason for both the Preds and Wild. Uh, because, Seth, these are two teams uh, who had quite busy off-seasons. Maybe for a little bit different reasons. But, you know, the, the Wild, of course, losing some guys like Matthew Dumba. John Klingberg, who you brought over at the deadline, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Uh, and it seems like that, you know, rotating door uh, of supporting cast behind Carl Kaprizov and company just keeps on rolling a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting, more so for the departures than the incoming players, because you had John Klingberg, Gustav Nyquist, you had Matt Dumba, you had Sam Steele. All those guys depart, and they did fill important roles to varying degrees. And so it's not going to be super easy to uh, to fill those spots. Ryan Reeves, another guy who uh, left for Toronto. And Bill Guerin still finds a way to plug up pretty much all of those holes. He trades for Pat Maroon for basically like a quarter that he found on the sidewalk. And he's able to throw Brock Faber into Matt Dumba's spot in the lineup. Um, there really are few question marks for this team as we get set for the season. And it's more so just like we're keeping the bands together and we're just going to roll with this group as long as we can, as long as they're still competitive. And so this is going to be a real test for this team this year to see if they can do what they did last year which was win without scoring a ton of goals. Can they do that again this year? Uh, it remains to be seen. Yeah, you and I actually talked about this uh, Tuesday on the Locked On NHL podcast. It just seemed like Minnesota is kind of just keeping a Band-Aid 
on things until that cap situation improves in a couple of years. Like, let's make sure we got the young guys locked in. Like, let's make sure Kaprizov's happy. Uh, Matt Boldy just got a big deal. I think Joel Erickson X new contract starts this year. So it, it really does seem like the Wild are just kind of, I guess, trying to be in the contendership conversation uh, until they have the capital to really, you know, go hardcore and go for it and really start to build around some of their young guys. Yeah, Bill Guerin doesn't want to have to rip this thing all the way down because what sense does it make to go complete teardown and hope that you can be back in the playoff conversation in a two-year window? That's not likely to happen. And so his view is to keep this team at playoff caliber so that then in two seasons, once this buyout money is gone, then you can add to a playoff caliber roster with players that can turn it from a playoff caliber to a legitimate contender. And so you're filling some spots with prospects. You're going to fill some spots via trade. You're going to fill some spots via free agency. But the hope is that the list of spots you have to fill are smaller than like shipping off all the parts, getting a high draft pick and hoping, okay, we can be back to where we want to be two seasons from now. Yeah. Meanwhile, it seems like the Nashville Predators are kind of in a different spot because this offseason, in a way, was about a teardown. You go back to the trade deadline. Matias Eckholm gone. Mikhail Granlund, your boy gone uh nino niederreiter gone tanner janot gone and then this offseason making big moves to get ryan johansson and matt duchene off the books and you bring in some guys uh like your boy gustav nyquist ryan o'reilly luke shen you know new faces to kind of as barry trotz called it change the culture it's funny because initially when the Predators announced all these, you know, when they announced all these departures, it seemed like they were going for the, okay, uh, we're, we're tearing this down. We're going to rebuild from scratch, get the prospects going. Uh, and then, you know, they brought in those guys like, you know, Ryan O'Reilly. And now it, it's sort of more up in the air is what, what's the actual end goal for Barry Trotz this season? Because, you know, you do have Roman Yossi, you do have UC Saros, and you do have Philip Forsberg, three guys you want to build around. So it, it sort of, and I'm curious your take from an outside perspective, but from us, it kind of seems like Barry Trotz is kind of do the same thing. Like, let's just be good enough that we're sort of in striking range, maybe, you know, can get in the playoffs if things go right. From an outside perspective, does it also kind of seem like the Predators are in that spot now? It is interesting because I think the most glaring thing about what happened last year for Nashville was just the amount of pressure that UC Soros faced on a daily basis. I think we've discussed this on the national show a couple of times in like, how did this not, how did this guy not win the Vesna for the amount of attack that he faced? on a daily basis. And so if you're Barry Trotz, you look at that and you say, well, we can't do that again. And so you try to fill the roster with some different pieces, 
But for me, it's it's all about like net positive. So you have a roster last year and you have the all these guys that they get rid of. And so you maybe come down to like here. You add the players to the mix to fill those spots. Did they did they come back up? It it that's that's gonna be interesting to see. It's it's a hard roster to visualize at this point. Um, I'm going to need to see it on the ice to kind of figure out what the heck, um, the, the predators look like, which I'm sure you're, you're in agreement on that take. Um, but I, I applaud Barry Trotz for kind of trying to go about it a different way, because I, I don't think there's any way that what happened last year can be acceptable to just happen again. No. And it's interesting because new head coach, Andrew Burnett, usually when you have prospects coming up through the system or you bring in, you know, a free agent, like the coaches, you know, still there, you can kind of be like, okay, like we envision this guy playing here, this prospect's kind of ready to jump into this spot. But for the Preds, we really don't know because we don't know how Andrew Burnett is going to kind of use everybody you know a strategy that may have really benefited somebody like tommy novak last year for the preds maybe it doesn't gel as well for somebody like andrew burnett who's more of a you know kind of a run and gun all offense style so i think that's also the hard part is we don't even know what like the old guard is going to look like this year let alone some of the new people we've brought in yeah it's it's all about with having a guy like Ryan O'Reilly leading the charge, can he get that team on the ground, kind of get them to hit the ground running to start the season is, is I think going to be important because any of these teams and I'll throw the wild into this category as well. You start the season playing good hockey gives you some life. It gives you some enthusiasm of, Hey, we, uh, we might be a little better than we thought we were, but if you have like, the wild for instance last year 0 and 3 start they give up 20 goals in 3 games and everybody's like what is happening like is this going to is this a team that's going to contend for the number 1 overall pick like if if you have a team that's a little unsure of where they're going to be if they can hit the ground running and and get off to a good start that can lead to some confidence and can lead you to be one of those teams that maybe wins a few games that you shouldn't um, just because you, you've got that confidence that you're playing with, whereas other teams don't necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of confidence, one thing I think both of our uh, fan bases are confident about is the future of our team. Some good players in the pipeline. We're going to talk about some potential breakout stars for both teams coming up here in just a second. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Folks, uh, we've seen the news over the past couple of years with the pandemic and some of the shortages and stuff like that. Um, When emergency happens, sometimes a lot of us can be caught unprepared. Maybe not ready, maybe not have all the supplies we need. That's where Jace Medical comes in. Jace Medical believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. So that's why they have the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, 
jump on a quick call with a board certified physician and you get ongoing care from Jace's physicians on any treatment related questions, doctor created, doctor recommended. So don't get caught unprepared when storm shortages, pandemics, and supply chain issues strike. Make sure you have what you need to keep you and your family safe. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code at LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. All right, we're back with a special crossover edition of the Locked On Predators and Locked On Wild. Joined by Seth Tupal. I'm Nick Morgan from Locked On Predators. Uh, Seth, one thing that we can say about both the Preds and Wild is the prospect pools. They is glistening, my friend, packed with a lot of good blue chip prospects who are ready maybe to start taking that next step. So I ask you, from a Preds fan, Who's somebody on the Minnesota Wild, maybe one or two people that you see as maybe being breakout candidates for this season? Uh, well, I think one that will draw a lot of attention is Brock Faber, who got his start last year, like the last week of the season after the Gopher season was finished. He stepped in and a big thing with a lot of young NHL players is do they look the part? He looked more than the part in the uh, the games that he played down the stretch. And then in the postseason against the Dallas Stars, had maybe the play of the series where in the game one triple overtime thriller, he was able to get his puck on a, on a uh, his stick on a puck and deflect it away from the net in a situation in which I think Dallas had an odd man rush at that point. And so he was able to deflect a puck away from the net to keep the game tied and it just it was just the most absurd thing you will see from like a 10-year vet let alone a rookie who is starting his first games at the NHL level he will be paired most likely with Jonas Brodeen who is a fantastic defenseman and so even if there are some jitters for Brock Faber Jonas Brodeen has worked with several defensemen who are not exactly elite on the defensive side of the ice. And so having somebody that is a little more responsible is I think going to allow Brodeen to do way more than he has been able to the last couple of years. So Brock Faber is one that I'm really excited to see this season. Obviously the big one is, is going to be Marco Rossi and, and what he is able to do for this team. If he's able to translate his skills from Iowa to the NHL level, but there are three names that I am really excited about that will be making the trek to North America next year. And that is the trio of Danila Yurov, Liam Ugrin, and uh, Marat Houston-Dinov. It's to the point that Kirill Kaprizov has been texting with, uh, with Yurov, keeping an eye on his, his status, because there is hope that Yurov can be Maybe the line compliment to Kirill Kaprizov once Matt Zuccarello has moved on. Mm -hmm. um, dude's got some skill. And so if he can continue to cultivate that, this team is going to have a dangerous top six. Uh, mm -hmm. If those three guys can, uh, can equate to that in some way. So you got the, uh, the players this year to watch 
but there's also plenty of other players to keep an eye on here uh, as the next couple of seasons unfold. Yeah, that wild prospect pipeline is is scary. It's outrageous. It's, yeah, it's, it's outrageous. Yeah, and there's not to mention even like young guys, you know, on the roster like Gustafson right now, who's only you know 25 years old and has a big career ahead of him. Um, and not that's didn't even mention Matthew Boldy, who just turned 22 and you know had himself a breakout year. Is going to get even better this year. Uh, so it, it's 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 crazy to see just the depth of uh, the Minnesota Wilds, uh, you know, prospect pool. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be tough to contend with in the central. I'll tell you that much. It is. And Nick, I'm, I'm very curious about a guy that you already referenced, but one that really came into his own in the second half of the season. He terrorized the Minnesota wild at the XL energy center uh, in one of the head to head matchups between these two teams. Give me the lowdown on Tommy Novak because he seemed like a guy that that found his comfort zone as the season wore on, maybe after some of the pressure was off this team and they were just playing, just playing to see how things how things turned out. Um, he had a fantastic year, and, and I'm guessing that you guys are very excited to see what he has in store going forward. Yeah, uh, Tommy Novak is a 26-year-old that is just starting to get its feet wet in the NHL. He's had kind of a wild story, you know, to get here. Of course, as, as you know, uh, a Golden Gopher was injured uh, a little bit in, in college, and I think that kind of set him back a little bit. Uh, made his NHL debut two seasons ago, got up to a hard start, and was kind of, you know, just kind of eh. Like, you know, you, you didn't really see that much out of him. So he went back to Milwaukee. And there's a lot of us that thought, okay, that's that's probably the last we're going to see of Tommy Novak for a while. Uh, nobody really batted an eye when he was called up to the team again, sort of, you know, just before Christmas time. And then Homeboy went off. I, and it's crazy. He jumped in to a top six role, played on that top line, and looked like he'd been playing there his entire career. Looked like a blue-chip prospect just hitting his mark. 43 points in 51 games on what was ultimately a very bad Nashville Predators team. That's actually a pretty good bottom line for a guy who spent half of his season in the AHL. You put that towards an 82-game pace, that's right around 64, 65 points you know, for a guy that started the season in the AHL. The big question is, can he do it again? Like, I think that's the biggest thing. You look at his shooting percentage, 18.3%. Part of you is wondering like, okay, maybe, maybe there was uh, some, some good fortune involved, but you watch his play and he's such a headsy player. He knows how to get to the net. He takes the puck. He doesn't, you know, stall out kind of waiting on the outside. He crashes the net forces the defense to make a play, open some things up. If he can just, maybe the stats aren't going to be there, but if he can keep that up, like just keep up like the hockey sense, keep up the level of play, keep up the playmaking. He's going to help a lot of people on this Nashville Predators team have good seasons. And I'm excited to see him with Andrew Burnett for sure. Yeah. Uh, former, uh, former wild, great Andrew Brunette um, as well. I know a lot of wild fans were uh, hoping that after he did not return to Florida, that he would maybe get an opportunity here, but uh, he latches on with the Nashville predators 
and we'll get a chance to uh, to guide this young team through uh, these next couple of seasons. Now, beyond Novak, who are one or two players that you're excited that are on the younger side to uh, to see how they grow and develop here this season? Well, there's a couple of young players that I think a lot of fans are keeping their eye on. Cody Glass, I think a lot of people are kind of maybe waiting for him to take that next step, maybe as a chance to kind of cement himself as a long-term number one center. You also have Luke Evangelista, who had a great debut last year uh, in the NHL, 24 games. Uh, finished with uh, 15 points, which is pretty good for a 21-year-old. To me, Seth, the the biggest person to watch uh, is going to be Phil Tomasino. This was a guy that made his NHL debut, played a full season as a 20-year-old, spent pretty much the entire year on the fourth line with, you know, let's, let's be nice, some career AHLers. And he made them look pretty good, despite only playing like 10 minutes a game, had 31 points as a 20-year-old. That's not nothing, as my co-host Ann Kimmel likes to say. He you know, went back to the minors last year, came back, looked pretty good. He's kind of the elder statesman. Uh, of this prospect pool now. And, uh, you know, he's has the type of kind of playmaking game uh, that Andrew Burnett loves, like, you know, just a lot of speed, you know, kind of a lot of, you know, finesse play. He's somebody that I think is going to fit really well into the system. And, you know, if he stays, you know, healthy, if he can win a spot in camp, you're, you're looking at a guy that I think is, is maybe has a chance to be, you know, a 60 point guy this year. Well, it sounds as though the future is in good hands for the Nashville Predators. But we're going to finish, of course, by not talking about the future, but the past. Because these two teams have no shortage of money on the books from players that are no longer on the team. And so, Nick, we're going to finish with a uh, segment that you titled Buyer's Remorse. Buyout remorse. Buyout remorse. As we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Predators after this. All right. Thank you for uh, joining our special crossover episode between the Locked on Preds and Locked on Wild. Uh, Seth, interesting question to pose to you because Preds fans know uh, there is now a lot of dead cap on the books uh, for the Nashville Predators. Uh, You got Ryan Johansson, $4 million retained. You got some money retained on Matias Ekholm. And then you had the somewhat surprising Matt Duchesne contract buyout last year. That is a big old chunk of change. Uh, And then, hey, also remember Kyle Turris? Uh, His his buyout is still on the books for the Nashville Predators. So the Predators are facing a situation uh, in a couple of years where they have as much as $12 million in dead cap coming up. I bring this up, Seth, uh, because the Minnesota Wild also have some dead cap to deal with. Uh, Of course, over the the past couple of years, we've heard of the buyouts for both Zach Parise and Ryan Studer. Uh, Together, about $14 million worth of dead cap uh, for the next two years. So I have to ask, Seth, you know, looking back, you know, we talked about maybe the Wild not being able to kind of build like they want, at least right now. You look back 
at those big buyouts for Parisian Suter. And I have to ask, is it worth it? Or do you wish maybe the Wild had done something different? Well, some news that came out on Monday has reinforced my opinion all along that the buyouts were the right decision because it was reported in Islanders media circuits that Zach Parisi is not likely to return to the Islanders this season, which means while he may not be retired, he's not playing this year. And the there are a lot of angles to go at these buyouts. The biggest is the fact that the NHL brass conjured up in some back room, some dark back room, they put like the voodoo dolls and everything out and they conjured up cap recapture penalties out of absolutely nowhere after these contracts were signed to where it's like, hey, if these players don't make it through the duration of their contract, we're going to slap you with fines that are just going to be, they're just going to be pouring fine money out of your eyeballs. According to Michael Russo, if Zach Parisi would have retired last year, he alone, he alone would have cost the wild $9 million in cap recapture penalties that you have to apply to that current roster this year add 10 million it would have cost 19 million alone for zach parisi had he retired with one year left on his deal and so 19 million is more than both buyouts combined and so that to me is the sign that this was the right decision all along And it's just one that Bill Guerin was like, you know what? It's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be very root canal like, but we just got to get it done. And uh, that way, then you don't have the, uh, the cap recapture penalties that are just a, just a massive pain that you like it's September. It's September 12th today. Could you imagine trying to clear $19 million off of your books before the season started from today? I can't. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't seem fun for an NHL GM to kind of navigate around. I, I will say that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting too, because, you know, for the Predators, you know, it, it was less of a thing of aging. Like we, you and I have both talked like Matt Duchesne still got something to give a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it feels like if you're the Nashville Predators, like there might have been a better way kind of around that. But it was, it's it speaks volumes that Barry Trotz was like, no, no, no. Like we're, we are getting this contract off our books, even though maybe financially it doesn't make sense. Does it it kind of seems like, was that the same way for the Minnesota Wild? Like, they were just desperate, uh, you know, to do something other than the Parise and Suter show that, you know, not even from a financial standpoint, but just from a team standpoint, that was the right move. Yeah, and there there were reports of the fact that Parise, well, Suter, to a large extent, Parisi to a lesser extent, basically ran the team 
while they were here in Minnesota, they dictated where practices were held closer to their residence. They, I know Suter in particular, uh, looked at his time on ice and was not particularly pleased if he didn't hit particular thresholds in that area, especially on the power play. And so I think Bill Guerin came in and just said, enough of this. Like, we're not going to have a team that's run by two players and whatever it takes to make them not be here, we're just going to do it. And the clubhouse vibe, the uh, the room vibe since they left has been exponentially better to the point that you just hear people going out of their way to talk about how much they enjoy playing in Minnesota, how they want to be here. You have players like Ryan Hartman taking exponentially less than he would earn on the uh, free agent market to go to stay in Minnesota. And I would be shocked if there were other players that didn't do the same uh, that are impending free agents, just because this is, this is what everybody I think it envisioned when Bill Guerin started. And now it's just not, it's not toxic and it's just a much, much nicer environment to, uh, to have hockey games going on. Yeah. And not saying it's the same thing between that and the Preds, but it is interesting how many times Barry Trotz used the word, you know, culture, 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 when he's talking about some of these off season moves. So uh, it is very interesting to see kind of how both teams are going to wind up, you know, kind of navigating some of this dead cap over the next couple of years. And, you know, we mentioned earlier, Minnesota uh, has a big, you know, wealth of prospects who conveniently might be ready for a big role. As soon as the cap hit comes off the books, Nashville predators with guys like Yoakam Kamel and Matthew Wood in the pipeline. Now, you know, maybe they're looking and hoping for the same thing. Um, Seth, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, Let us know, you know, let the Preds fans know where they can find your work. You can follow my A plus sports takes on X at Seth T O U P S. Also, make sure to follow Locked On Wild on all of your uh, favorite social media platforms. You can follow the podcast on YouTube and uh, on your favorite podcast platforms as well. Uh, we've got some some things that will be happening. That's about the only way I can describe it. Some things that are going to be happening on the interactive side. With Lockdown Wild, you'll want to make sure that you follow all of those different social media platforms. We'll see you then. We're two weeks away from preseason hockey. It's finally here. Yeah. You can find me at uh, underscore NS Morgan. Listen to the Lockdown Predators podcast every day on whatever uh, platform you use for podcasting or watch us on youtube we got some good preseason content coming out here in the next couple of weeks uh you can also find my work at penaltyboxradio.com if you want to know more about the preds thank you for joining us for this crossover edition of locked on preds and locked on wild for seth tupal i'm nick morgan thanks for making us your first listen of the day each of us will be back later with some new shows see you then